Welcome to another episode of the JMS Podcast. Today we got Israel Sanchez, a great musician from here, San Jose. Uh, really glad for him to stop by. I'm featuring a song as an intro to our conversation. At the very end of our conversation, he actually performs a song live. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever on the JMS Podcast, we have a live music session. And it went great, surprisingly so. I mean, I know he's talented. I was just more worried about my, you know, how well it's going to be re- uh, recorded. And it's actually really awesome. I, I, I can't wait. And, uh, yeah, something to look forward at the end of the conversation. And uh, he has a thing called Science the Sun on SoundCloud. Check out his music. It's amazing. Uh, his grunge, he has all kinds. And so on. Uh, you can catch me this Thursday. This Thursday, I'm at a showcase in Livermore. That's right, Livermore peeps. Do I have any peeps out there? I don't even know. I don't even know if anybody even knows me. I, I I guess some people from Livermore knows me. Don't know if they'll be in town though. But I'll be coming to Livermore on Thursday nights for the comedy showcase at the Sanctuary Ultra Lounge. And uh, I believe uh, Mean Dave is running that. Yes, he is. Mean Dave. Uh, a well-known uh, comedian here in the Bay Area. Actually, it's going the first time I'm going to meet him in person. I, I hear about him all the time, but I never met him. So I can't wait. Sanctuary Ultra Lounge, Thursday night, Livermore. I believe the show starts at 8 o'clock. And, uh, yeah, uh, I can't wait to see you guys. If you're listening from SoundCloud or iTunes or Stitcher, I very much appreciate it. Uh, it's awesome having you guys uh, there. And uh, if you ever feel you need to contact me in any way, you can check out the Facebook page. Just type in JMS Podcast. And you could, uh, there you can see pictures of the guests that come in. And uh, also send me stuff on the email, jmspodcast at gmail.com. If you know of any uh, people you wish to have on here, just Shoot me a uh, an email about it, and I'll see what I can do. Because uh, this podcast is, you know, for me, I'm trying to showcase very important and interesting characters from the community. And uh, I can't be everywhere at once, so the more input I get from you guys, the better. Yep. All right, people, how are we doing out there? Me? I'm all right. I'm okay. Um, that's a, that was a pretty tough week, actually. Very tough break. Uh, we, uh, I, uh, heartbreak, that's right, heartbreak, God, have been, have, lately I've been going through a lot of heartbreak, and, uh, you know, I've, I've been binging on Netflix and ice cream, um, you guys been there? Yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about, well, all you want to do all day is, is, you know, try to suppress your emotions and just watch some random Netflix show, because you've already gone all through all the good ones, but, you know, you still don't want to go you know, life because you're so heartbroken. So you just end up watching some crappy B show from fucking Canada while just munching on ice cream and chocolate. And then you wake up bloated and you're like, never again. But then sure enough, that very same night you repeat the process. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I totally fell for someone and, uh, it was just bad all around, I guess, you know, um, Turns out she had her eyes on someone else, and so someone else happens to be someone considered a friend, and 
don't know. I tried to be cool about it, but I, I just couldn't. Uh, I, thing is, I'm going through a, a weird phase in life right now. Uh, I had a pretty traumatic uh, event happen recently, and for respect of the dead, it's, I think it's conversation for a later podcast episode. And on top of that, I had a scare of my liver. I'm not sure if I mentioned it on here. I went to the doctors, and they're like, hey, you, you might have a liver cancer, liver disease, so you might die. I was like, oh, shit, so I had to deal with that, too. Don't worry, people. Turns out I just had a fatty liver. Turns out I was just fat. So, uh, doctor put me on a, t- on a diet. Uh, you know it's bad when the doctor says, you need to go on a diet. And then on top of that, you know, I guess, you know, the whole... I, I was emotionally vulnerable. I knew I was emotionally vulnerable. I knew this was not even a good moment to fall for anybody. Because I, emotionally, I'm f- a bit fucked. And it just the bad timing it happened. And, um, yeah, so took it pretty hard. I uh, I tried to be cool about it. But, you know, it came to a point where I was like, I, it's best for me. And it's best for them that I keep my distance and cut someone off. And just keep people some distance. And see where he goes. And. Quite frankly, I've been feeling better since. It felt like, uh, I don't know, ever since the the heartbreak process has been a little easier, you know, and I was like, and, and I, I truly wish her the best. I, I truly do. And I wish, you know, the friend uh, that she was, they were talking the best to, you know, just, but it hurts. It hurts. It hurts when you have feelings for somebody and they don't have feelings the same way in return. And, uh, and and I think it got complicated when, you know, a third factor uh, of a friend is in the mix. It's never good. Never good. But but you know what's weird? You know, the whole cutting off thing. I felt like I was a veteran. Like, you know, because I, I feel like I went through a real heartbreak a couple years ago. Like like a real authentic heartbreak. I, I, I Lately, I've noticed that I, I really believe I've, I truly fell in love at one point in my life. In my early 20s. And I truly believe I lost that love. And ever since then, you know, it never looked love the same way. Like, I feel like I've been down this road. And uh, lately, uh, I surprisingly, surprisingly so, I find myself making uh, more, I like to think, mature decisions. You know? So, there's that. But, hey, I could use all the help. So, if you have any good advice how to get over a heartbreak. You know, if you know a really good flavor of ice cream I could binge on and hate myself. Uh, please send me uh, some advice at jmspodcast at gmail.com uh, and so on and uh, I mentioned I'm being in Livermore uh, so any Livermore peeps out there you could also uh, come talk to me make me feel better about my life and that's the thing I think I think uh, see the whole week with the heartbreak I had a very pivotal moment where where you know she was in there hanging out with my friend and I was like fucking you know Practically emotionally dying outside with my stupid guitar. I was moping. And I was like, you know what? I'm such an asshole. Yeah. I have some of the best friends in the fucking world. I have a great support system. Here I am feeling sorry for myself because somebody doesn't like me the way I like them. It's like, you know what? I got so many projects going. I I, I, I shouldn't be in this place. I should, you know, I, I honestly, I feel like what happened, I didn't deserve it as well. But at the same time, it's like, I shouldn't dwell it, you know? And I'm not naive. I know in these circumstances, the heart wants what it wants. And the heart, it hurts a lot. But I went for a walk. 
and I was walking around downtown. And as I was walking, I, uh, I, I was by the Vine, Vine Bar. It was on San Antonio. I noticed that there was a guy there, and he was a guy who was a regular at the caravan, and he seen my comedy. And the thing about this guy is, he was fairly quiet. He sat by himself, and every time, and he was one of those guys that really laughed at my stuff. You know, he 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 really, uh, you know, my dark jokes. He really laughed at it, or he at least you know would clap. And so I was like, "Hey, what's up?" He goes, "Hey, man." He says, and then he tells me that he's gonna play a set, a music set. He plays the blues, and and I was like, "Oh my god, I never knew you played the blues. I love the blues." He's like, "Yeah, come check out my set." So as he was playing the blues, man, he was good. This guy made that guitar sing, he made that guitar moan, and just the emotion of heartbreak of the blues like it, it was a, it was like an exorcism for me like i truly felt like vapors were coming out of my my body and like my heart everything was turning and i was like the universe sent this guy to perform an exorcism in me something about the blues was therapeutic something about the misery in those uh, strings like really had like a a a, a therapeutic uh, energy to it it was like the devil himself have come out and says Jorge feel the pain and make something of it and, and I said the devil because man this was dark energy when it comes to heartbreak it's always dark energy and and I was like yeah I got to make some decisions. I can't be going around moping around trying to, you know, fake a, a smile or fake this. I was like, hey, I have to uh, cut some people off and I have to make some uh, decisions to draw the line and and uh, move forward from there. And boom. I mean, don't grant it. It was very hard, very hard. But it had to be done. And I like to think as as a think all this as a learning experience and use it as ammunition ammunition to try even harder in life and not only that only that but to to really pay attention to my relationships and friendships and and and, and anybody who I let inside of my heart and, and really pay attention to that and and just like the song I'm, I'm about to uh, put on by Israel Sanchez it's just gonna be something that I'm gonna put in my arsenal that's right the song I'm uh, that that's going to be played right now. It's called Arsenal by Israel Sanchez. And uh, take it away. Play the music, maestro. Every fire burn, leaving every stone to turn. 
the words learn every flaw And add this to my arsenal Letting every fire burn studio we have israel sanchez musician from here san jose right you're born and raised here i was born in acapulco uh when i was about two and a half i uh moved to uh east san jose like over off king wait so your family's from acapulco yeah yeah my um my family's from acapulco well actually my uh my dad lives in acapulco and my mom moved back to san jose she was originally here and then she went to mexico uh, got married, had me, and then came back. Oh wow! Uh, what line of work were your parents in Acapulco? Like, was it part of the tourist uh, system or mm. industry, or they no. just you're just born and raised there? No, my dad. Uh, he, my dad over there owns uh, restaurants out there, so he's like a entrepreneur. Does like a couple of uh, restaurants out there, and still does that today. Nice. Yeah. Oh, dude, the kitchen. In the, the kitchen. kitchen yeah. For me, that's that's definitely a, a career choice. Every, everything else fails. Is just only working in a re- restaurant and stuff. But it's tough. Yeah. But hey, there's I think there's honor in that. You know what I'm saying? It's fun, man. Ironically, I work in the restaurant myself. Yeah. I ended up in the restaurant. Yeah, like yeah. Recently, so I I didn't work restaurant uh, jobs before. I always worked like in a retail or doing sales or a bunch of odds and ends stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, recently, uh, like like I'd say like four and a half years ago, I started working in a restaurant and I fell in love with it, man. So it's like mm-hmm. having a job where you don't really have a job. Now, music. When, when did that first start? Um, music. I you know what's crazy is uh, as far back as I can remember, I always uh, I always loved music. 
Um, and I'm talking, to, I can, I can, I have memories from like two, being two or three years old, and uh, and music was always a big part of my life. I'd be singing something or messing around with like the xylophone when I was like four. So I've always had music in my life, man. It's always been number one for me. Was music uh, like, was your dad or your mom into music? Uh, no, not. I mean, no, nobody in my family. They might have played an instrument at some point or messed around with it. Never serious. But nobody in my family like does music, so it's kind of weird because like I don't like I have friends that are guitar players, and they're like, "Yeah, man, check this out." You know, we'll be at at their house playing guitars, and they'll be like, "Check this out. This was my grandfather's guitar," and they'll bust something out of the closet that I've only seen like behind glass. You know, like an old Martin acoustic or something. Um, I even have a neighbor who's uh, his grandfather grandfather. Um, handed him down a, a guitar after he passed away he inherited this really nice old guitar and uh nobody in my family has that so there's no like old cars or like no old guitars or nothing like no one really plays except for me <laughs> how about like an artistic artistic expression like do, do you know if, if anybody in your family painted or anything like that mm. right my mom draws uh portraits really yeah wow what kind of portraits like she, she's hella good at she's one of those people that doesn't ever draw but when she, you give her a pencil and she's in the mood to draw your face or anybody's face, she can dead on like draw somebody with a pencil. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. But that's it. You know, she doesn't draw anything else. She just draws people's faces and she's really good at it. What do you think that is? That's like, like, because the faces, it's, well, I hear hands and feet are the hardest, but yeah. the faces, the detail is also pretty hard. Yeah. I think uh, when you're trying to draw someone's face. I mean, you can get, you can know how to draw a face or eyes or nose or mouth, but to make it look like the person, that's, I think that's really hard to do. Yeah. And and she's that good? Yeah. She drew, she has a, there's a picture uh, in a photo scrapbook of, uh, she drew me as a kid, like as when I was an infant or something and it's my face and it's hella funny because it's like inside the book (laughs) and she just felt like drawing it. So So there's definitely an artistic gene in your family. Yeah. Somewhere in there, there's, there's something uh, messed up in our genes. Now you say, (laughs) now you say growing up, you always been around instruments and you played it and you said you moved here at two. Yeah. Yeah. I I moved here at two. I always gravitated towards music. Uh-huh. So that was always like my favorite part of a cartoon was like the beginning when the music came on or like, uh, you know, the radio. I always like to mess around with radios or, or cassette players and stuff like that. And at what point were you like, yeah, this is what I'm going to dedicate a lot of time to? So what well, was a trip is that I never really thought anything of it. I always just thought it was something that I like to do, you know, like uh, when I was like eight my grandma would start she started buying me those battery operated Casio keyboards and uh, they were cheap you know like the $50 cheap one you know but that was it was big for my grandma you know she didn't have a lot of money so she'd buy me those things and I'd be super excited man like I would just mess around with it you know no lessons just make make up stuff you know and uh, you know some people play with play-doh you know some people like crayons I like stuff I like to make sounds you know so but uh, I I See, never. That's great, man. Me growing up as a kid, I think I played on with sticks and shit. Like I, I, yeah, I did that too. You did. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Difference is that once in a while you play with a yeah. Casio piano, and I would just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, money my own business. Or you ever play with ants? 
ant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I used to like pretend uh, to create like a, like an ant city in my backyard. Yeah, and stuff like that. Mess with their tracks and yeah. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's all fucked up. That's but fun, it's, dude. <laughs> it's, it's like you're like this huge giant. Like <laughs> yeah. you know how in, in Sims, like so, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like sometimes you you build a city. Yeah, and then, and then you do the weather and stuff. So yeah. I used to actually flood flood the ants. Yeah. City. It's, <laughs> and for the longest time, like, I look back and I was like, that's <laughs> fucked up. But then I realized later that ants can survive underwater for, like, weeks. Yeah. So I wasn't really drowning them. I was just, like, inconveniencing them. That's crazy. Like, these poor ants are working hard on the trail. So, you know, and here's me being a... Big old giant comes in and floods <laughs> their town. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But you're kind of, maybe you were training them, you know? Yeah, like Yeah, that's right. Prepare them for the Now they know the what worst. to do. Yeah, you know? exactly. When the rain comes, they're prepared for it. Yeah, so <laughs> I actually, like to think. Yeah, yeah. She helped them out, probably. You know? This, All right. And then going back to you though, uh, so you're self-taught then, right? Yeah. So so check it out. So the ki- the keyboard thing and all that, and it was you know cassette players, and I would like get two cassette players and like play a song and then talk over it. And so you know that was my first like four track. You know that was like, <laughs> and I, I started messing with that, and I didn't know that I wanted to play the guitar until uh, what, I used to watch Saturday Night Live all the time with my parents, and. Um, and, and by the way, I have a mom and dad here, you know, so my dad moved on, has another family out in Mexico, and then I have a mom and dad here. And uh, and uh, my dad used to like watching Saturday Night Live, man, so I'd like, I'd watch it with him, and uh, it was like a big thing, you know, to watch Saturday Night Live. And uh, one, one time this fucking, um, this band was playing, it was the Smashing Pumpkins, and I'm like this band, like no one knows who Smashing Pumpkins is, but the Smashing Pumpkins came on, I listened to like, kind of like rap music at the time. And uh, Smashing Pumpkins came on, and I watched uh, them perform a song called Mayonnaise, which I later found out it was Mayonnaise when I researched, you know? And he starts the, the song with, with this intro guitar part, which is the same thing that he ends it with. So he starts the song with the intro, and the intro is also the outro. And it was this journey of guitar sounds and drums, and then all of a sudden it got quiet again, and the intro was the outro. And I was so blown away that I was like, dude, what that guy's doing, Billy Corgan for Smashing Pumpkins, that's what I want to do. I want to play guitar. So obsessed, and I had to have a guitar that year for my birthday. So that's how I ended up with a guitar. What was the first guitar you, you had? It was this uh, classical nylon string guitar that uh, my parents brought from uh, from this luthier in, uh, in uh, TJ, in Tijuana. In Tijuana? Yeah. Oh, shit. You guys uh, got it from Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> it's legit, man. Yeah, it's funny. My, gra- my grandpa lived uh, in TJ, so... My parents don't know anything about guitars, you know. Yeah. So, but they knew that there was a place that that made them in Mexico. You know, there was a there was a shop that made custom classical guitars. So they got me one of those. You had a good start. Yeah, like, like this guitar behind me. That's my first one. It's like a, a cheap, nice. uh, super cheap. Yeah, it's, it, it comes from Gibson. Uh, Gibson. Really? So it's actually not that bad. But I like it. But you know, I know some people that spend like a couple hundreds on the first guitar. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know what this one costs, but no, that's a nice guitar, man. Uh, it's more like uh, fifty bucks or something. I don't know what mine cost, but the action on there, the strings were so high off the the fretboard, and it was a struggle to learn how to play that <laughs> damn thing, dude. And then uh, you said you start with nylon strings, right? Yeah. See me, I start with steel strings, right? Yeah. And I hear that I hear that when you're doing your starting guitar, it's yeah. better to start off with nylon, so it won't be too hard on, harsh on your fingertips. On your fingertips. But for me, but you know, not knowing anything, I, I got into steel. That's good. And then, you know, calloused and, and all that jazz. Yeah. But so was it a struggle at first to learn the guitar for you? Hell yeah, dude. Um, 
the like I said, the strings were really high off the fretboard, right? So the action, that's what they call it, was was pretty bad. It was like really high up, and I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to tune the guitar. I didn't know how to string it. Especially in, uh, a nylon's different from a steel. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of like do this weird little knot at the bottom to get the string on. So I was just, I didn't care about the challenge or about anything except for I wanted to make I wanted to make the sounds come out of the guitar. So, the same way the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, dude, that was yeah. my goal. was like, I don't know how he's doing it, but I'm going to figure it out. So I I would just start with the guitar on my lap, and I'd play it with my thumbs. Like Instead of holding the frets with your fingers, I was holding them down with my thumbs and just making a bunch of noise for like... I Basically, what I did was I, uh, I locked myself in my room for like four months, and I just played it every day until I was able to play something when I got out. So... Yeah. So you, you just locked yourself in there? Yeah, man. Every Like five hours at a time, like just playing guitar, making noises until I figured it out, you know? You know, there's something about that, isolating yourself and, and just working on some form of expression. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, like for me, writing-wise, I write the best where I, I, I just close myself in my room for hours. Yeah. Right? Because I know some people, like they, when they write music, they go to the cafe or, or where, they, where they write screenplays or, or, or write they go oh I go to the cafe I can't do that right. for some reason I can't write when there's a social environment for me I kind of have to like close the entire world out right and be like alright time to create my own world right now yeah because I'm such a sad I'm not, I'm not sure about musicians but for, for writers like oh, we're sad fucks so let's see yeah. <laughs> some magic yeah. let's make us feel pretty good that's awesome uh, it's probably like a you're using your imagination, you know. So you're right. just sitting there using your imagination. Now you mentioned that you watch SNL. Yeah, so with your with your dad. Yeah, he's still, is this your stepdad or half dad? Uh, it's it's my stepdad, but I call him my real dad. He's your real dad. He's yeah. been there. They're so. both my real dad. Uh, <laughs> and he, at what age did did you start living with him? Uh, probably like four or five. Okay, so it's pretty quick. And the reason I bring up SNL, so it seems like comedy was probably a big part of your upbringing too. Oh yeah, yeah. Watching the uh, the older SNL like. Um, with Mike Myers and uh, and uh, Adam Sandler, when you know when they weren't like as popular as they are now, they were just right. on SNL. That was it. But they were like the shit on SNL. They were like the best. You know when they <laughs> actually there wasn't anybody that sucked on SNL at that time, and uh, it was just awesome. I liked watching all that improv and and people just not afraid to to look stupid on TV. Yeah, you know, and people loved it. You know, it was great. <laughs> you know? Okay, uh, who are some of your favorite comedians? Um, it's funny is that, uh, I didn't really have like a favorite guy. I liked, I liked favorite parts. Like, uh, like for example, Chris Farley, when, uh, he would be that guy interviewing. Oh. You remember Chris Farley? Yeah. He would be like the interviewer. <laughs> yeah, like, oh yeah. yeah. Like he's always like, you know, hit, like hitting himself. Yeah, yeah. 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 He'd be like, Hey man, you, you, rem- <laughs> you remember that part when, uh, when you play Terminator and you're like, I'll be back. Yeah, that was awesome, <laughs> and that's it. It's like, dude, that was his interview. He'd get like the coolest people on his uh on his show to interview, right. and he would just tell them how awesome whatever he thought was. You know, yeah. it was like the stupidest thing. Or uh, there was another one where he'd uh, his his character was just ridiculous. You know, he'd hit himself. You know, and um, there was also like uh, um, Adam Sandler would play the most random people like he'd be like Opera Man mm-hmm. remember Opera Man he'd yeah. be like uh, everything he said was like he was singing it um, it's just man they were just brilliant man they were just they had so many different personalities on that show it was just entertaining to watch for sure 
And you always look forward to the musical performances at the end of SNL? Dude, that was like my holy grail. Like, oh my God, I get to see a band. And and you know what's cool about uh was the Saturday Night Live performances was that it was almost like a, an acoustic unplugged performance in that they sounded so damn raw. You yeah. know, like even if it was a... a like, I, like Cypress Hill performed on there. Um, I've seen so many acts on there, like Stone Temple Pilots. And they're just so like raw on there. You could hear whoever mixed that stuff and recorded that was is genius, man. Because you could hear everything, and it sounded like you were there. You know, it wasn't like all this reverb or all this like editing. You know, it was it was pretty true to what it would sound like if you were sitting in the crowd. You know, so I think that's what the magic behind it was for me, at least. And you mentioned Smashing Pumpkins. Were there any you know uh, performances that were noteworthy uh, from them? Yeah, from SNL. Oh, uh, just that, you know, the only thing I remember was that first one. I didn't even know who they were when I first saw them. I just remember the song was Manny's, and uh, I just remember it blowing me away. But um, I might have, like, YouTubed the song, like, recently to, to try to see, like, if it was as cool as I thought it was back then. Is it? Uh, Billy Corgan, man, that guy will always be, like, a, a one of my idols, dude. That guy's, like, he writes, like, hundreds of songs, you know? Like, yeah. how can you even write hundreds of songs, you know, unless you're the real deal? Any other idols you have in the music? Uh, yeah, I actually uh, another person in music that I'd say is like extremely influential would be uh, Dimebag Daryl from Pantera. He's a guitar player from Pantera, and uh, that guy is probably like the greatest guitar player to ever walk the earth, man. That guy's badass. Uh, great personality, uh, entertaining to watch, and innovative, man. The guy, there's shit people are doing today they don't even know they're doing because of Dimebag Daryl. You know what I mean? When they're playing guitar, so... He was a, a trailblazer. Yeah, yeah, a trailblazer. innovator. <laughs> and for you, what makes a great guitarist? You know what? Um, I think with guitar, man, um, when you can really, like, express yourself on there and not... Uh, man, that's a tough question, dude. Like, there's so many, there's so many different types of guitar players. Um, and I used to think that, like to be a good guitar player you had to be able to like rip all kinds of solos and know every chord and you know every song had to be different but I'm starting to realize man that when I listen to something right I always give this analogy it's like you hear a song right you hear you hear a song on the radio um, and let's say for example just something everyone would probably know like Sublime mm -hmm. right you hear Sublime's guitar playing and you think well, those guys aren't really known for their guitar playing, right? But the way that they the way that they play, when you hear the guitar line, you know it's Sublime. You know, it's like instantly, it's no mistake. This is like Sublime, or you say it sounds like Sublime. You know what I mean? So that in itself is like showing that he's a badass guitar player because when he starts playing, you either think it's him or you think, you know what I mean? Or if it's not him, yeah, you think it's him. It's somebody who has a distinct sound, yeah, distinct yeah. voice, which. Mm -hmm. I think your music is very key. I believe it's like the whole idea is to have a distinct sound to to you know so, so people can distinguish you apart. Right. You know what I'm saying it's like uh, like you you don't want to sound like you two. You right. I mean, you could practice like you two, but you want to make sure that you have something different because if not, then you just end up being a you two uh, cover band or right. something like that. Right. Right. And, and and that's a very important point you you bring up. Because in comedy, it's very similar. It, it's like, 
it's one thing you know trying to emulate music but it's very important to come up with your own voice with your own style right and to the point where people are like all right this this is a joke Jorge would would, would say right right does that right. make sense yeah, yeah. in music it's like I think Smashing Pumpkins have a distinct sound to them right uh, and then I mentioned you too and then we mentioned um, Pantera Pantera and Sublime Sublime and, and I think that that's and it's like the whole idea of there's so much music out there what is it about your music that will stand out right right fascinating okay yeah definitely you know and, and cliche one is Santana Santana I'm not a fan of Santana but everyone knows that when he plays everyone knows that Santana you don't like the Santana? You know, honestly, dude, I'm like the few people I can't stand his. Guy. I can't, can't stand, stand him. him. No, oh. I respect it. Respect I think he's great. What, what do you think I that is? I just don't like it. Let's go there. What, what do you think that is? It's like because like, honestly, I I have mixed feelings about Santana myself. Really? Yeah. It's just one of those things, man. That uh, I don't know. I just when I hear it, I just the, nothing really appeals to me about it. You know, like uh-huh. I probably people are gonna get pissed off if they hear this. You know, but I I don't like it. You know, I think he's great. I'm not saying he sucks. I think he's a great guitar player. Mm-hmm. He's accomplished tons. He works with like everybody. You know, people will know his name for, like 50 years from now. They'll know who Santana is, but okay. I just don't like it. You respect the guy. It's just, I respect it's not it, your dude. thing. Exactly, dude. I, I get it. Uh, you know, like uh, my dad's a big fan, he, mostly because he met him once when he was like, because he's a local guy, right? Right. This guy used to play gigs and dive bars in Mountain View and San oh, Jose awesome. and so in San Francisco. And because that's where he's from, right? He's from this, this area. And then there's some songs that are pretty cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And especially, but for the, but like, I'm very selective with this music. There's some music I'm just not into. Right. But there's some music, oh, it's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I get it. Uh, any other musicians you respect but you don't really listen to? Um, besides him, uh, that's a guitar player. So guitar mm-hmm. playing, you know, everyone, that's one that pops into mind because everyone's always talking about guitars. And anytime you tell someone you play guitar, everyone goes, oh, you like Santana? It's like, no, I don't like Santana, you know? Just because I play guitar doesn't mean I have to like Santana. Yeah. And I think some people think that they have to like Santana if they play guitar, you know? Uh-huh. So I probably learned a couple riffs of his, you know, playing that you know, probably, who knows, maybe influenced me, but I, just, I didn't really, I don't know. I'm contradicting myself now, man. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but... I just don't like it. Um, as far as uh, other other musicians, um, honestly, dude, like uh, recently I've been trying to like dig deep and try to find like some new artists out there. Uh, but it seems like uh, it seems like it's hard to find stuff that's like appealing unless I go back and look back to like the the early two thousands, nineties. I deep I dig deep back to like the sixties, seventies, eighties. I love all kinds of. Is there is there is there something in the music culture today with young musicians that that's missing yeah I feel like people are afraid to be themselves now man I feel like I feel like the internet is like it's like this this window where everyone can see what everyone's doing and if everyone's getting popular doing this then everyone wants to do it too you know it's almost like they're afraid to be themselves on there you know it's crazy man. they're afraid to be different they're afraid to be different, dude. And everyone always talks about the la- the last greatest era of music was like the 90s, mm-hmm. right? And and I try to think, why the hell was the 90s so damn good? And when I look back at it and I really analyze it, there was so many different sounds. Like, like you could have like, 
all in that in that decade, man, you had like Eminem come out, right? Like mm-hmm. new rapper breaking breaking like the mold of what you thought was a rapper and what rap talk topics were about. You know what I'm saying? You had Cypress Hill, who's like unmistakable their sound. You know, Cypress Hill, like the the nasally voice. You know, the insane in the membrane, and they <laughs> yeah. got that old school like DJ revolving the same beat. Um, then you have like bands like Alice in Chains. Like, dude, when was the last time you turned the radio on and heard anybody that had a voice like the guy from Alice in Chains? You know what I mean? Yeah. There's nobody that sounds like that anymore. You know what I mean? That shit was like one of a kind. Then you had heavy metal. You know, you had all these heavy metal bands. Um, you had new metal. You had like Deftones pop out, you know, like in the early 90s. You had corn. All of a sudden, everyone's tuning their, their guitars down to the lowest they can possibly tune them, you know? Mm-hmm. You had Rage Against the Machine. You know, people. Everyone wanted to rap and play guitar. You know what I'm saying? With uh, their guitar player from Rage Against, Rage Against the Machine making all these weird sounds on his guitar, making it sound like a piano or a siren. Morello, man, that guy. Dude, off the hook. Yeah. Uh, so, so do you feel like since the dawn of the internet, music has gone down? I think I think it hasn't gone down. There's a lot more out there. It's it's harder to sift through. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's probably the same as it's always been, man. You know, whatever's mm-hmm. popular is gonna be in your face. Yeah, and most people are only gonna dig so deep, yeah. and whatever's really good, you might have to dig deep to find. Yeah, I think there's something there. I'm sorry, it seems like someone's no, not me. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, there's so much information on the internet. Yeah, and I think it applies to all kinds of arts. There's so many choices and so many, to a point where things, and then a large amount of people like you said, put themselves out there and trying to cover or trying to sound like others, that it becomes a homogenous uh, 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 medium for music. Right. Where it's like, uh, dude, you sound the same like the other guy sounds to you, and I didn't even like that guy in the first place. Or Right. And do you, you feel like it's harder now for, for musicians to, to stand out? Um, I think there's, there's a lot more that you could... Like before, if you wanted to hear something... Either had to take a risk and buy something, you know, and they started putting those little listening stations at the record store, you know, where you could listen to stuff before you bought it, Um, or someone showed it to you, you know. If you didn't hear it on the radio or you didn't take a chance buying it, someone was like, hey, dude, have you heard of this? And you're like, nah, check it out, dude, it's fucking sick, you know, you check it out. Word of mouth. Word of mouth, man. And now it's like, I don't know, it's just, it's like, like every time you go online, like and you Google search something, like your computer starts remembering what you like to look up, and it starts popping all this shit in your face. You know, it's like you can't even just like you can almost accidentally find it, but you don't know if it was really an accident. You know what I uh-huh. mean? It's weird, dude. Do you, do you hate having this uh, feeling of somebody force feeding something to you? You know, if it's good stuff, I wouldn't mind it. You know, if like if they were like showing me shit that's pretty cool. You know, sometimes the internet does sh- pop stuff up, and you're like, oh, this is cool, and you wouldn't have known. Unless it didn't track your your uh, your search patterns on you know like even YouTube, you ever notice that you, you have a playlist and it plays all your the shit that you listen to because mm-hmm. it knows what you've been searching. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy, man. But there's but there's definitely the, the, on the flip side, there's definitely a lot of dope artists that uh, that are out that are only you know because of the internet people know about them you know, so that's really cool too. Like especially I, I'm a big like. Uh, I'm, I'm big into heavy metal, but I love all music equally. I'm like really into heavy metal, right? Uh, 
but I've noticed that I've been really drawn to a lot of independent rap and I never been as into rap as I am now mm-hmm. and it's because there's a lot of like there's like this crazy movement of like of underground rap right now where people aren't afraid to be themselves as rappers you know so it's it's almost like what rock rock and roll is supposed to be right you know what I mean like just to be weird or just to come out of left field and people go wow this is crazy I like it you know <laughs> yeah and rappers seem to be doing that these days they're stepping out of their elements and just you know bringing shit to the table bringing some innovative ideas now when you say underground rap uh, are, you, are you talking about here in in the Bay Area or are you talking about other places uh, there, you know it's it's stuff that's uh, that's just kind of like all over the United States that I've seen mm-hmm. I'm not like an expert man but there's like a you know, like you heard of like Hobson and, and uh, Dizzy, right? The guys on Funk Volume. It's like an independent label. Uh, they have a guy named Jaron Benton on there. That's I think he's like dope, super dope rapper. Yeah. Then there's like. Sorry uh, for the motorcycle. No, I like that. I like the you motorcycle. like that. Yeah. Uh, Amazing, uh, rock and roll, baby. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, the thing, because uh, I've been listening to your music. Yeah. And it's very. Uh, it seems you gravitate to grunge. Quite, mm. cool, quite a lot and I think it could be from uh, Smashing Pumpkins uh, being a big influence in you have you always been gravitated towards grunge? Um, you know uh, I just like really good music man and um, I do like grunge I also like uh, I like heavy metal and um, I honestly dude I, li- I listen to like Earth, Wind and Fire a lot mm-hmm. like I love Earth, Wind and Fire um, but yeah man I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not opposed to different sounds Okay, yeah. I like different styles. How about you coming from uh, Latin uh, background? Mm-hmm. Did Latin music play a factor? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, when I was younger, I used to just—I uh, you know, told you—I would mess around with like tape players and keyboards. Yeah. Well, uh, my dad had like a box of uh, eight tracks in the garage, and uh, I would dig through everything and listen to everything. So there was uh, there's a lot of Mexican music, a lot of Latin music. Like there's this guy named uh, Mickey Loudon. Oh shit! You know that guy? Yeah, dude. That's my mom used to put that all the time when I was a kid. You see, so you know, what I'm saying like he's kind of like old school, like almost like 50s, 60s. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that, that shit. Dude. De mujeres, nunca se acaba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of dance music, but it has all this. It's almost like a blend, right? He has yeah, like a, it's weird. He's he's a real awesome. Like I, you know, it's funny when you're a kid, you're like, oh fuck, my mom's putting that music on again. But growing up and you listen to it, it's like this guy was blending genres. Yeah. This guy was blending like samba with like, you know, uh, romanticism, Mexican music. Right. And then uh, it had a pop feel to it. It's kind of upbeat. I think they were called guarachas. Okay. I, I think that's the genre that, that, that guy. Cause I think he's the guy that made that genre, guarachas. I'm not sure. If is that what it is? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I believe you though. Where it, 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 it's, it's like pop, but with a big like... Uh, Samba, Caribbean, or, or even uh, South American uh, percussion. Yeah. Or or, but the, the the voice on that guy though. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. You even brought that guy up. Yeah, like oh a, I'm God. telling you, bro. I'm not one of those. Dude. A lot of people are like, oh yeah, man. I listen to everything, bro. You know, I to, <laughs> like I'm serious. I fucking listen to everything, man. I didn't. I didn't have like uh, you know, my my neighbors would have like all the GI Joes and all the cool shit, you know, and I would just have like. I had cooler shit, man. I got to listen yeah. to all the eight tracks and the tape players and stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, what other Latin influences? Uh, besides him, man, um, at work, uh, I, 
where I work, there's these there's these cooks, right? The chefs in the back, and they're all Spanish speaking, and so they're always making fun of me, like. Uh, when are we gonna go see the Juan Gabriel concert? You Juan know? Gabriel and uh, Juan Gabriel is actually badass too, man. Dude, that's yeah. He's like the Mexican Michael Jackson. Pretty much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just hit after hit after hit. Yeah, and that guy is such a great writer as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's funny enough, you know, especially now that I started writing music and playing, like I'm very fucking new. Yeah. Uh, and I've kind of was like, yeah, maybe I should do some Spanish stuff. And I was listening, you know, and then Juan Gabriel is something like that constantly brought back into mind, like the style that he sings. Right. But then, yeah, his voice is amazing. Amazing. And he writes his own shit. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't realize that not everyone writes their own music. And he's you know? one of those people that transforms themselves every, like, uh, decade almost. Or yeah. Every, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you mentioned, I guess Michael Jackson. Kinda. Yeah, cause look at look at Juan Gabriel. He started when he was a kid. Yeah. Playing the guitar and singing. Yeah. And then he became this pop sensation, and he can have a band with him if he wants, or uh-huh. you know, perform solo. Yeah. And Michael Jackson was in the Jackson Five, yeah. you know, playing with real instruments, and then he became a pop sensation. Uh-huh. You know, so it's the same shit. You know. Yeah. The thing that Juan Gabriel though that, that fascinates me is this guy. He started as a kid, then he was also as a genre. He was he was into like some like classical Mexican music. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure you know what I'm talking about here, like ranche- not rancheras. But, I got you, but on that field, yeah. And it was until like later he got into pop, right, right. And then so it's like for a musician that could do that and just I think it's like that, again that innovative uh, mentality that you yeah. you were speaking about earlier. He, he evolved. He evolved. Evolved. Yeah. Evolution. Yes, that's that's the word is the evolution of yeah. a musician. Or it gets better. <laughs> or he got better or you know yeah. or he got bigger you know whatever whatever you want to say it a- any other big influences in Latin music uh, in Latin music um, my my grandma would play records all the time my, my uncles you know they like to drink and stuff so they would get drunk at night and play fucking records you know and a lot of the stuff are just memories of songs in my head mm-hmm. I don't even know who they who they were you know but it, but I, I remember the lyrics you know so it's a lot of old school shit. Yeah. You know? you know it's old when there's no drums on it. And it's just a bunch of voices and maybe like some horns. Yeah. And the people listening are crying and drinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been there. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, my family gatherings. So it's, like, it's all fun. And then at the end of the night, we put some of that uh, Cantina's uh, music and like put the Antonio Aguilar and yeah. boom, tears are coming out and we're all singing together. Sit there and uh, cry, cry by yourself. <laughs> That's how funny. <laughs> Uh, you have any siblings? Uh, yeah, I have two sisters. Are you the oldest? I'm the oldest. I paved oh, the way. You paved the way. Yep. It gets easier and easier. You know. Uh, how much younger are they? Uh, they're they're we're all like uh ones in actually they're all like in their twenties. They're not that much younger. Okay. And are right they, are they into music as well? Uh, they like they they're they're artsy, uh, and they're independent women. They're both girls, but um. They don't play any instruments or anything yeah. like that. What kind of art did they do? Like they both know how to. They both know how to. Okay, so my, I have a sister Nadia that that does like hair. She's in cosmetology and she cuts hair and she's you know she's really good at that. Did she do your hair? No, actually she no. didn't. Cause you have pretty good hair, man. Oh, I'm thanks, man. Way uh, better than mine. I just uh, the first time I met you, I was like, dude, this guy has awesome hair. <laughs> I know that's weird admitting that here, but I was like, yeah. No, what's weird is I always wear a hat. 
You know yeah. what I mean? I hate I hate fucking not wearing a hat. I love wearing a hat. You know what, dude? You, there's this guy at school who always wears a beanie. <laughs> yeah. And the one time he didn't wear a beanie, I, this guy had like fucking like supermodel hair, like like silky shiny. Yeah. Like fuck! I was like, dude, you're, you're why are you hiding the best you know physical feature you got? Yeah. You know, offense, but damn, yeah. look at that fucking hair. Maybe that's how he keeps it nice and silky, dude. Yeah. Maybe he puts <laughs> like true. maybe he like pumps a couple squirts of lotion inside his beanie, <laughs> puts it go. on, you know, keeps it lathered up and stuff. Okay, so it's she, like a care, you know, like a cocoon for his head, you know. Hey, it works. I I, I wish I'd done that. I'm bald. He's like God's like, you know, you're gonna have the greatest hair ever, but the catch is you have to wear a beanie all the time. <laughs> it's like, I believe fucked. it. You can yeah. only show it once in a while. So your sister's into cutting hair. Mm-hmm. And the other one goes to college in San Francisco, and she can draw. She can, like, make stuff, you know, like, craftsy kind of stuff. They're so, both that way. Like your mother. Like yeah. Your mother draws. Or yeah, you know, now that you mention it, dude, my mom's hella crazy at, like, um, at decorating, like, stuff. Like, I know everybody's mom can decorate, you know? Like, it's, oh, yeah. But she goes all out, like, does some really colorful shit. Like, she'll... She'll paint chairs and paint tables. Like she's she's crazy like that. So she has a pretty good eye for that. So I guess we have like a. Uh, I guess you're right, man. See, you extracted it. You know, <laughs> there's some there's some art in my family. But there's no music. There wasn't no any music. music. But they played music. There you go. And um, do you remember growing up in Mexico or you're yeah, too actually, young? No, I actually remember a lot of stuff because uh, I grew, we grew up in Acapulco. Well, I was. I was spent like two, my first two and a half years out there. So I remember oceans. I remember fishing. Like I saw people fish, you know. I remember like uh, it being hella hot. Right. And, and this is your biological father who was yeah. in the restaurant business. Yes, sir. And yeah. then I, I, he separated from your mother. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but. What happened? But she, she came back here. Yeah. And just had you or were your sisters there too? No, it's just me. Just you? Yeah. And then she comes back here. Yeah, and then and then meets your father, <laughs> your yeah. second father. Yeah, or, and then your sisters. Yes, and uh, well, what does your second father do? Uh, he's in uh, electronics, electronics, so he's actually uh, that whole Silicon Valley thing. You know oh, what yeah? I mean? So some, something uh, something to do with uh, electronics. Okay. And then my mom did uh, she did uh, work with the uh, she's basically an accountant uh-huh. for the county. And she uh, she's retired right now, like okay. er, super early. She's like fifty years old when she retired. Now, where I'm going at here is, did you feel like you've gone through some sort of a culture shock moving to the U.S.? Um, you know, when I I was really young, so I was like four when I started preschool. But uh, honestly, man, uh, I do remember that I feeling like you know I couldn't speak English, obviously, you know, so I was like. When I was in preschool, I remember there was a group of kids and they were playing with this dinosaur toy, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at it and I wanted it, but I couldn't say I wanted it. I didn't know how to say anything, so <laughs> I just stared at them. And I remember the kid playing with it and going, dinosaur. And that fucking shit echoed in my head, dinosaur. That and I remember so- like, oh, I want that, whatever that is, you know? And it wasn't until like second grade that I realized like, dinosaur, that's what they were saying. They said dinosaur, they wanted. They were playing with a fucking dinosaur. The first English word you learned was, was dinosaur, dinosaur, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first one that sunk into my head, man, was a pl- I should get one of those. That'd be a good cover for an album, dude. Dinosaur. Have a so, did you feel like having a hard time adjusting? You know, to learning a new language. And Definitely, yeah. No, I felt ma- different, making man. friends when you don't really 
mm-hmm. you know, know the, the the language. Yeah, man, I felt very lonely, man, as a, as as a little kid. So, as soon as I was able to to learn some words and string shit together, I was making friends. You know, mm-hmm. so that's the cool thing. I wasn't like introvertedly shy. You know, I mean, that's a cool thing to be right now. But I wasn't. I was. <laughs> Is talk. that a fad right now? I guess. Man, everyone's everyone's like, I'm a nerd or I'm introverted. Like, if you have a fucking Instagram account and yeah. it says or Facebook and you, you tell everyone you're an introvert then it's almost like how can you be an introvert if you're telling everyone like you don't how would you know like, yeah you're you know? contradicting yourself exactly man. an introvert wouldn't stay out to the world they're an introvert yeah exactly they'll just be I think anything's trendy right now man uh-huh. you see it on, on, online enough and then you'll you'll think it's cool you know it's funny hopefully that'll happen with my music man people will see it enough and be like oh that shit's cool in your high school years were you uh, playing music yeah, I start, so I was 15, I started playing uh, guitar, and I was he- heavily into skateboarding. Uh, so you'll see a lot of skateboard references in my music videos. But um, yeah, I was definitely, I started, one of the first things I ever did was wrote a song on my on my guitar. So it was always about making songs up, not so much learning them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And what age did you perform in front of a crowd? Uh, you know... Um, in front of a crowd, like as far as like in a band setting. Um, Wait, did you start off solo or were you in a band? I started off uh, as soon as I was 15. I started playing guitar. Four months later, I could play chords. Mm-hmm. Um, I started my first band like like a year after I played guitar. I was like 16 and I was already playing guitar. I was already in a band. What was yeah. your band name? Um, we were called Wasted. Wasted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were called Wasted. And it was uh, it was a couple friends from my neighborhood. So that was fun, man. That was, was, was it a four-piece band? It actually was, yeah. It was, uh, I played guitar, then we had a vocalist, a drummer, and a bass player. Oh, okay. So that shit was... Uh, How did that go for your first experience? Oh, it was great, man. We played all kinds of house parties. We played uh, We played downtown. We played a. Uh, we played the Mount Pleasant talent show. We did all kinds of stuff, man. Is that where you went to high school, Mount Pleasant? No, all my friends went there. I went to Lincoln, but... Okay. Uh, but we played a bunch of shows. We played a bunch of house parties. We had a lot of fun, man. And uh, it was a pretty good uh, experience, man. I, I knew that that's what I wanted to do was just play all the time, you know? What, what, how, what's the farthest place you've gone to play? Um, I, pl- I mean, as far as, f- like, traveling, like, I haven't gone that far. I've gone to, like, Modesto and stuff like that. But I've played, like, tons of shows. I've played downtown, like pretty much everywhere like that, Johnny V's and yeah, we played, all those venues yeah we played all those local venues we played in San Francisco um, you know recorded a lot of, of, of uh, music too and you're no longer in this band no this was a long time ago so I probably was in about six bands after that and then uh, I decided to go solo do you find it difficult to find chemistry when being in a band you know that's 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 a hard thing to find mm-hmm. anyone can jam with anybody and it might sound okay, mm-hmm. but to really like have a chemistry where you guys both agree, that's kind of hard, you know. Because it, it almost feels like a marriage where it's like, hey, like uh, we like you, you, you got to both be on the same page as far as the future vision of this band and right. uh, and determine if it's a short term that I'm with you. Like, hey, this band is just a fling. I'm here playing with you guys for a couple months. Right. Or more like, hey, I, I get these guys. And I can see potential in these guys, right? I, I can see a long-term uh, band relationship. And and uh, not everyone, you know, has that motive. You know, not everyone wants to do something long-term. Or some people play music for different reasons. So, well, what's the most difficult thing it is uh, about being in a band, as far as relationships? 
in my experience, it's that uh, people don't believe that they can actually make this successful. You know what I mean? Most people in the back of their head are thinking like, okay, we're gonna have to get a real job at some point or, you know, they don't think too big, you know what I mean? And I'm more of a dreamer, so I'll think like, we'll make this shit happen, you know? We'll figure it out, you know? And I'm down to do it, you know? But uh, not everyone thinks that way, you know? Has the real love for the for the art of, of playing music, you know what I mean? So it's like finding a way to weeding out the hobbyist? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Some people just, you know, it's, it's for fun. It's a hobby, you know. And, and one of the biggest insults uh, people have told me is that that's your hobby. When, they, when I tell them I play guitar, mm-hmm. I don't tell them it's an insult, but deep inside I'm insulted. Yeah. I'm like, fuck you. It's not a hobby. This is what I want to fucking, you know, I'm yeah. going to keep doing this. So Yeah, that, that's why I felt too when I was into film, mm-hmm. like when I was first starting out. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's an interesting hobby. It's like, don't know, man. I'm going to school, so I'm spending time and, and money on this. Right. So it's called a hobby. It's like a slap in the face to me as well. Right. It's like, you know what I'm saying? It, yeah, I see where you're coming from. I imagine like a hobby is to pass the downtime. Right. You know what I mean? Well, you don't spend money or time on it. Yeah, or you're not up all night playing and then you wake up and you're playing yeah you know? and then you come to the to the podcast with uh george sanchez and then you go home and you keep fucking playing you know living the dream <laughs> exactly we're at work humming shit in your head thinking you know guitar and uh, for the most part has your family been supportive of you being in music uh at first they they've always been supportive but as far as like taking it serious you know i don't think they really thought that i would want to do this you know as a career choice but i'd always say I know what I want to be. I just can't go to college to get it. You know what I mean? So I struggled with that, you know, just trying to go to school and trying to have a real job. And I realized, man, like that, uh, that'll never make me happy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even if I had like a job that paid a million dollars a year, I'll be happy cause I'll have a bunch of money, but I won't feel fulfilled, you know? Uh, so I need to be making music all the time. I see. It does it's not about, uh, it's not about the money for me. So what is this fulfillment you're talking about? Like, it, it, can you dwell a bit on that? Yeah. Um, so after the um, after the whole band experience, um, and you know, I'm not saying I would never be in a band. I'm totally open to being in a band. But after the whole band experience, I decided I wanted to take matters into my own hands. So I started the uh, this this project, which it's me. It's it's just me, Israel Sanchez. But I I titled it uh, Silence the Sun. You know, so um, it's all almost like my stage name, and uh, I play all the instruments on there, and I'm able to put music out whenever I want, you know, which is all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to do it all the time, so I don't have to wait for my drummer to get off work, or you know, I could just do it whenever I want, and uh, and that's like that's like my calling inside is to just write music, you know, and just just keep putting stuff out there. And since you've gone solo, do you find that liberating? Yeah, man, it's it's uh it's it's easier because I don't have to wait for anybody, but at the same time, uh, it's pretty challenging because you're the only person in the band. So when you're writing something, like it's not like, hey, man, what do you think of this part? It's like I'm just by myself and I have to figure it out by myself. You know what I mean? So it can get pretty nerve wracking, man. But I was at the uh, open mic um, at the Frascati Cafe Frascati. Yeah, that's and, where we met. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where we met. Yeah, you made me, uh, I remember you came on a comedy night and you saw me perform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you came on the next day on Tuesday. 
Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, this guy's gonna see, make he's gonna see me do the same shit. And like, I don't know. No, that's cool. That's your that's your that's your uh, that's your set. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get it. Like so, music. but you recently started coming for Scotty. Yeah. Okay. What happened was I was working like full time at work, you know, and I and my best nights was Tuesday nights. I'd make the most money on Tuesday nights, but that's also the night of the open mic. Mm-hmm. So I finally said fuck it, you know, and I went down to two days so I could start playing all the time. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, uh, the local San Jose music scene. What's your take on that? Um, I think San Jose um, has its peaks, you know, it has its ups and downs. I think right now it doesn't seem to be as many like live acts as there as uh, there was maybe like you know like eight years ago or something like that. But uh, there's definitely a lot of rap. I see a lot of rap going on, a lot of rap battles and stuff like that. And I see they're doing a lot of development on First Street too, trying to get some more venues out there. Mm-hmm. They recently yeah. put in the Ritz, which the Ritz. so far is making good headway. That's cool, man. That's what we need. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of talent in San Jose for sure. And do you see yourself uh, leaving San Jose anytime soon? or? Um, my plans right now are to start booking some shows, you know, so I needed to get used to performing this, you know, solo stuff by myself. And now I need to go out there and just start booking some shows. And that, that uh, and my, my vision is to be able to travel you know, and and perform, and then come home and go out and do it again. Like go on tour. Yeah, just do. Have like, you ever been on tour before? I have never been on tour before. No. Okay. Yeah, just played. I played enough where it was like I was on tour <laughs> with bands I was in, but we never went anywhere because you know, they're uh, usually we were restricted by work and stuff like that. And out of all your experiences, you know, looking back, what do you feel for someone that's starting out? something good to know about, you know about getting to the music you know with with music man um, I think the biggest the biggest uh, setback for yourself is to just not to not go out there or to be afraid of what people are gonna think you know what I mean um, and I think people should just go out there and do what they're gonna do you know uh, I've seen plenty of people that perform that you could tell they're gonna get better mm-hmm. and they weren't like you know, amazing at first, but the fact that you saw them when they're like gonna get better yeah. just made it a memorable show. You know, so don't be afraid of like what people are gonna think about you, man. And uh, did you have that fear? Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. There's hell of times I drove up to the Frascati or like to uh, any other like open mic, and I would leave. I would get there, and then I'd be like, oh, I don't want to do this, and then I'd just get back in my car and leave, and then I'd beat myself up all night for not. Performing, you know. Oh, that's right. We talked about we talked about that earlier. Yeah, Yeah, because because dude, ah, dude, uh, what I you know I'm recently getting into music, so I I have a lot to learn, especially vocally. And I played a new song, which I was very happy with. And then the second song, I fucked up, and I'm like, how do these musicians handle it? But nobody cares. Yeah. Well, I care. You know, you're the only one that cares, really. You know, like I saw that show. I saw you do those two songs. (laughs) I didn't care. I thought it was cool. That's the fucked up thing, dude. Is most people don't give a shit. You know what I mean? You can have the most polished act, and no one cares. You know, it's it's your personality and everything else that people really care about. You know, and the way, dude. There's comedian that went up there and just told a story. Yeah. Uh, Forget his name, Victor or something like that. Mm -hmm. He just told a story. He didn't. He his he told his story so long he didn't get to his punchlines. Right. He didn't get to tell any jokes. Right. But the way he told his damn story was entertaining and it was funny. So that was good enough for me, you know. Like, I'll, well, you know, he should have done more uh, 
you know, some more uh, punchlines and, uh, you know, I'm gonna, it's like, I don't care. I don't know anything about comedy to know, even know. I thought it was cool. I'd, I would watch them again. Yeah. But in music, if you see like a musician struggling, like, do you cheer him on or are you more? Well, the thing is, is usually people struggle when they're trying too damn hard, mm. you know, like it's okay to kind of fuck up. Right. You know, you know that's, that's actually very fascinating uh, because uh, my friend who's teaching me, I had that problem where I would overthink the chords, I would overthink the rhythm. And I would just fuck it up. He right. says, you know, you just got to feel it, man. Yeah. Like, don't worry. Just just feel it. Right. Yeah. There's uh, there's there's all kinds of songs that we listen to on the radio, you know, or yeah. on whatever, you know, whatever the hell it's called today on the internet. And uh, and there's mess ups. Like a lot of, there's a lot of like uh, unplugged performances mm-hmm. where <coughs> people mess up and we still air it on the radio. So people just like authentic shit. You know, they like real shit. And some people don't. Some people don't know what they like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Israel. Uh, you down to play some music for us? Yeah, definitely. All right. So let me. Uh, how many songs? You two songs? One song? I got a song for you guys. Yeah, song. Yeah, I put something together. Um, it's a song called uh, "No, I Shouldn't." Yes, I should. Oh. So what's the story behind these songs? Uh, this one is. Uh, I recorded a seven song uh, EP. It's called Snake Genus. It's my second EP and you can find it on SoundCloud um, or YouTube. It's mm-hmm. uh, I also have it on Bandcamp. So you just look up Silence the Sun, all one word. Uh, and it's S-O-N, Sun, Silence the Sun. And um, it's a song about uh, kind of being in between a phase. You know what I mean? Where you're like telling yourself like, oh, I can't do this. You know, but your body's telling you, like, yes, I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's kind of like this fucking dissonance phase. And um, and I wrote a song about it. So it's kind of like you're going back and forth talking to yourself. And before we get to your song, where can people find your stuff? Uh, SoundCloud. If you type in Silence the Sun uh, on YouTube, you could type in my name, Israel Sanchez Music. Or you can type in Silence the Sun, all one word. You'll find that on YouTube. Um, I'm also on, uh, I have some music for sale on Bandcamp. Um, or you can download it for free on SoundCloud. So there's there. I have a bunch of music videos on YouTube too. And I'll be releasing a, I'll be releasing a new one uh, this week as well. Mm. Any upcoming shows people should know about? Um, right now, I'm I'm knocking out some open mic stuff, and then uh, I'm gonna start booking shows. Uh, I got my eyes set on a, on a couple of uh, venues downtown. So just look for my name downtown San Jose. Israel Sanchez. Yes, sir. Silence the song. <laughs> All right. Play the music, maestro. Tell down the seas 
and back again Let it pulsate in cold rhythm As I stare fast in the taste The way I stare past you I'm never looking back again Let it pulsate in cold rhythm As I stare fast in the taste The way I stare past you Underneath the days Creeping through the dark And I'm back and forth To swallow them I'm a prey Swallowing whole Leaving them to the door Making right till it's more Maybe yes, maybe no I'm never looking back again Let it pulsate in a cold rhythm As I stare fast in the days The way I stare past you I'm never looking back again Turn